Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Uh, this is Tom and Curtis, and we are live for the Adventure Effect Live. Uh, today, we are super excited to uh, be talking to author, speaker, and coach uh, Kerry Knutson. And she is a positive change agent whose purpose is to raise the global conscious awareness and her adventure in life is seeking out people who are on a similar uh, journey. So Kerry, welcome to the show. It is uh, delightful to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I love your show and I'm honored to be here and share this experience with you guys. Um, it's a pleasure to have you it's here. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'm just trying to fix something. Can't see you for some reason. So, Jerry, we we often start this podcast with the question, "What does adventure mean to you?" And so, let's crack in. What does adventure mean to you? Well, I've been thinking about this question, and adventure to me means seeking out experiences that. I don't know what the end result is going to be. It's going off of a leap of faith and just saying yes without really knowing what the outcome is gonna be and what it looks like on the other side. And I think that I've experienced it in different ways throughout my life. I was thinking about this uh, two years ago, pretty much to the date. Um, I, we were getting ready, my family of four, was getting ready to move from San Diego, California to um, Portland, Oregon. And everyone that we would tell, we're gonna move the end of the month, they would say, oh, that's such an adventure. And it was a common theme that teachers and friends and family were saying, that's such an adventure. But to me, I didn't really think it was that much of an adventure, but to them it was. And really in life, it, it was an adventure because we were just going somewhere where we knew nobody had no family and didn't really know what it was going to look like because we had never really lived here or traveled here to Portland, Oregon. And so adventure is so subjective. And so I'm interested to hear what your definition of adventure is. And then also kind of hearing this theme with me moving forward and asking other people how they seek out adventure. So I love the topic of your show and thanks for having me. You're welcome and thank you for sharing. So our, our definition, mm, my tongue got tied for a second there. Our definition of adventure is any place where the, any time where the environment is uncontrolled and the outcome is unknown. And so we're having, we're holding this podcast, just hanging out with people, talking about the adventures that they're having in their lives. So it'd be great if you could share right now what adventure you're up to. Well, I think that you saying the podcast is an adventure within itself. And that's really, I have started a podcast this year in this unprecedented year of 2020, which has been an adventure within itself, right? And the way I approach the podcast and every time I do solos and even when I do interviews is very much being led by something higher than me because I feel like even when I have a plan to go speak 
or I have a plan for a conversation on my podcast, it really doesn't feel right unless I let go and surrender to where I'm being led. And so where I'm being led in the future is a little bit unknown, but I know that part of it is doing exactly this, is speaking and sharing my message about how health and happiness is a journey and not a final destination. And I would have to tie in adventures as well. And one of them is through podcasting, like you're doing through writing and through travel, when we can travel again. When we can travel again, indeed. So I'm, um, I'm really intrigued by this, your purpose of, of raising global consciousness. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means for you? To me, raising my level of consciousness has come through different modalities of healing, but most recently, and it's not really recently, it's actually started when I was 20 years old and I was going to college for the first time at the University of Colorado in Boulder. This was way back when, many decades ago, if there's any former CU Buffaloes out there. Um, and I, I signed up for an elective and it seemed like a super easy elective. It was called meditation. And I still have the book on my bookshelf, which I love to go back to because it's an amazing book. And through that elective of meditation, Alexa just listened to us. Through, Sorry, I'm not sure about that. You never know what's gonna happen live, right? Through that elective, I think was my first step to really being aware of this thing that was higher levels of consciousness. And it was at that moment, I had a, we had a guest speaker come into uh, the class, which was actually just at the base of the dorm room. I think that was another reason why I signed up for the class because I didn't have to leave my dorm room. And anyhow, the guest expert was a psychotherapist and she not only led me on amazing meditation, probably the deepest meditation I had had, but she left her information there saying if you wanted to get a hold of her, better get a hold of her. And it was just a few months previous to this day that I realized I was depressed and that I needed to seek out help and that I actually was experienced depression like most of my entire life. And so through meditation, I have raise my own awareness. And I think that's the first step is just to be aware of thoughts, feelings, and emotions and how thoughts, feelings, and emotions are all energy. And besides this, this psychotherapist and guide that came, came to me at age 20, my grandfather, who was a genius, and he's no longer with us. He hasn't been for 20 years in the spirit form. He was still my greatest spiritual teacher and taught me that everything is energy. There is no such thing as coincidence. And he had his own theory of spirology, which nobody really knows about. 
because it died when he did. But I feel like part of me is to carry that on is that everything in the universe can be broken down into one, which is a sphere, which is an atom. And so just the idea that everything is energy is part of this conscious awareness that we are being led by something greater than us. And just this whole concept that we're, we don't really exist in just physical form, but spirit form. And it's taken me, I feel like a lifetime to really put words to it, that that's my purpose to raise global conscious awareness, because I thought it was to inspire, but really it's so much more. It's to inspire us to go to higher levels of existence through the understanding of energy. Mm. The understanding of energy is such a magical principle. So to me, all thoughts, feelings, and emotions really have energy, right? And through just being aware of our thoughts and from my own personal experience, um, from my first memory of three years old, I was standing at my front door and screaming and crying and yelling, saying, I don't want to go to to school. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. And I was telling myself these thoughts that actually were implanted in me for my parents, which led me to just not feeling good about myself in the sense of, you know, it's funny. And I'm telling this story because even if one person can be aware of this is that there might be a thought in your head that has been planted there that you weren't even aware of that actually has created your whole reality and affected every single step of your life. And for me, I was told that I was loud and annoying and nobody ever wanted to be around me because I was screaming and screaming and screaming as a child. And that actually became my truth. And I became very sick from it in the sense of I had stomach aches from three years old when I didn't want to go to school, which turned into headaches and then migraines and chronic pain. And it was just from this one thought that got seated in me, which is different than my purpose, right? And it created pain and resistance and a lot of things in my life, which were energy centric, which created bad energy versus good energy. So just to be aware that everything is energy, our thoughts actually create ourselves, right? Which can create wellness or it can create illness. And I know that was a long way to go with that, but I just felt like I needed to share that because I think that we all are driven by subconscious. I know we're all driven by subconscious awareness, which is energy versus the idea of being empowered by our consciousness. And at some point, those are to intersect where we reach higher levels. It's beautifully put. Um, and thank you for sharing that, that bit of your of your story um it's it's so helpful to understand the why behind the the things that we do and just as you were talking that i was curious um so being um <clears throat> essentially to summarize 
the more we can be aware of the energy of the, the thoughts and the feelings that we're experiencing, the less they control us. And um, the more freedom we have to, to kind of to be in the world. Um, I, uh, I wonder how a step into the unknown, into adventure, how does that help on this path to awareness in your mind? Well, I think stepping into something that we don't know about every single day, and it looks different to each and every person, I believe. Like for me, stepping outside my front door was an adventure, and it was something that was challenging for me because of my own anxiety, I would say, and social anxiety to just trust that it's going to be okay. Everything in life is going to be okay. And I think that even right here, right now, we are all in this adventure in 2020 that we didn't know what it was going to look like, even though we thought it was going to look like. But in reality, we all act like we know what it's going to be like tomorrow, right? And we don't really know what it's going to be like tomorrow. And I think anyone who's lost a loved one or lost a friend from tragedy knows that, knows that we don't, we can just only guess what it's going to be like tomorrow, but really every time we take a step outside our front door or outside our comfort zones or doing something where we don't know the outcome is an adventure. So look at it, I would say from the listener standpoint. What is it something that you can do to that's going to be different every single day? This is really why I challenge people do something different and then realize even when you know what's going to happen, it's actually a false sense of reality that controls actually a false sense of reality, right? Is that we think we're in control of everything. But really, the only thing that we're in control of is our thoughts and our feelings and emotions. And just to kind of lay it out, a framework for your listeners and those that are listening, is that uh, my background, actually, you would probably not know this, but before I got into what I'm doing now, I was a certified sommelier. And for those that don't know that, it's called a wine geek. And how does this tie into what I'm talking about? It's because, well, one, I gave up alcohol and that's sort of why I lost that passion. But the other thing is, is that the way I trained my mind and my brain to identify wines from all over the world and, you know, know where they're growing, what variety they were and what year and what vintage and all the stuff is that our thoughts and feelings and emotions are very similar because an emotion is just a sensation. And this is just my interpretation of it. An emotion is a sensation. Like let's say I have sweaty palms or, you know, my heart is racing. That's an emotion. And our feelings are the words that we use to label it. And so maybe this sense of I have fear because um, my palms are sweaty or my armpits are sweaty, maybe I'm scared or anxious, but maybe it's just excitement. 
and adventure or ad me being adventurous. So I feel like that is what we have control over is the way we label these sensations and the way we label life. And through the power of the word, we can be empowered to either seek adventure or stay in our comfort zones. Does that make uh, sense? To it totally makes sense. And as you were, as you were describing your journey as a sommelier, I was, I was just thinking about one of our mentors, a uh, coach called Rich Litvin, um, who he, his whole thing is about distinctions. And, and he says that when it comes to wine, he has one distinction, it's red or white. And so he has no power over wine because he can't tell the difference. He can't, whereas the sommelier, you, they have a much broader range of experience because they have those distinctions between grapes, between vintages, between vineyards, between countries, all of this stuff. And so just pulling, pulling the threads of what you've been talking about, when we go on an adventure, when we step into the unknown, we broaden our range of experiences and we get more distinctions in terms of the actual emotions that are passing through our body and what do they actually mean. I don't know if that is an accurate kind of summary of, of what you've been what you've been saying, but that's what landed for me. Yes, I love that thread, that common thread is that it's true. It's either living in fear or it's living in faith in the sense of red or white, but there's so many other things involved in those two aspects, right? There's so many different ways through experiences that we can broaden our life's experiences. And I just said experiences twice. <laughs> and so I want to know a little bit more about how you specifically, both you and uh, Curtis, Tom and Curtis, how you actually take people through that experience to maybe broaden the awareness, conscious awareness of adventure. Mm -hmm. So the beauty of a physical adventure, an adventure into a physically challenging uh, environment is that when we, when the difficulty level of what we're attempting is higher than our skill and experience level, we are brought face to face with our own mortality because it, and it, and it's a sliding scale, right? Like you said, for you, right? And I've been there in my life, just stepping through that front door is enough to, to bring up those feelings of it's all going to unravel and, and I'm going to die, right? For Alex Honnold, the, the climber who, who free soloed El Capitan, you know, he needs a much higher level of danger to, 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 to get that experience, at least in the physical realm. Um, but when we meet that edge, we are faced with all of the excuses, all of the patterns, all of the stories, all of the, um, the, you know, feelings of inadequacy, 
of uh, imposter syndrome, and <clears throat> you know, all of our stuff, which we deal with on a kind of low level through our day-to-day -day life, right? It stops us from making that phone call. It stops us from, you know, doing that Facebook Live. It stops us from whatever it is, but we don't necessarily notice it. But when we're like, I'm gonna die, then it's present. Mm -hmm. And so uh, our goal is to kind of capture those moments and invite people into a discussion around what was going on for you when you, you know, you had an emotional experience when, um, you know, when we tried to climb that wall or when, you know, when the boat nearly capsized or whatever, uh, what was going on for you there and where else does that show up in your life? Mm. And to go back to what you were saying about wine, by analyzing those experiences and going deep into the underlying stories and beliefs that, um, that create those feelings, right? because our feelings are created by our thoughts, then we can, you know, people can very quickly, because the other thing with adventure is, you know, when you're in that tight knit unit and you're doing a physical thing, the intimacy is, is just turned up to 11, right? Because you're literally like, my life depends on you. And so what a relationship that could take months or weeks or years to, um, to develop under normal circumstances in a couple of days, even a couple of hours, you, you can make those bonds and that trust. So yeah, so essentially put people in challenging situations, gather around the campfire, analyze what came up, and then give people the tools to integrate those experiences and bring those distinctions that they didn't have before back into their life. And that really ties into, I feel like, flow experiences as well. Because when you were saying that you take people through experiences that are challenging and that are at higher level of skill or comfort, I. I know through science of flow that that's where we create it is that if we are always just doing what we're comfortable with, we're not really going to get in that state of flow. And I believe that flow ties into happiness and it ties into our health and it ties into our experiences. But really, I know that experiences are really what all that we have at the end of the day. We don't really buy things, we buy experiences. I, re I was on a coaching call with a client a few days ago and I was trying to explain this to her in the sense of, have you ever stayed at a hotel overnight? And she said, yes, of course. I said, have you paid $500 for that hotel or $1,000. Well, people will do that. People will pay any amount of money to have an experience. And people who are willing to create change or transformation in their life are willing to invest in anything and everything, whether it be time, energy, or money, they're willing to invest to even say yes to put themselves into a situation like that you, uh, Tom and Curtis will, you both will take someone through that. 
Is that right? And yeah, I mean, right now it's obviously a little bit difficult to do that during lockdown, but even in a simple conversation with somebody, when we ask how they're doing, what are they working on? You know, we explore with people their edge, where, where they are, not where they're comfortable, where are they uncomfortable? And when we start talking about that edge of what are you dreaming about? What are you desire? What are you, where are you unfulfilled? It starts to travel in that same unknown territory. And from there, it's really easy to jump back to childhood. Like you have this feeling here, call up a memory and explore that memory together. And even deeper than experiences is what is our emotional response to an experience? That's what really defines us. We don't have to buy an experience. We're human. We're, we're souls having an experience. And, and just, by, just by going through our day, we're going to have experiences that trigger our emotional responses to experiences we've had in the past. And we're carrying, most of us are carrying every single experience with us that we've ever had. And even when we're not having any radical experience, that experience is traveling with us. And as we learn how to unrewire and de-escalate the charge to these experiences that we've had in the past, we begin to shape our reality. That's beautifully said. I agree, which I didn't... I haven't spoken about, but I do under, agree about that we don't really buy experiences. It's the feelings associated with the yeah. experience is that every time we have a feeling in the present moment, we're actually reliving that experience from the past, which a lot of us don't even realize that because it's an experience we don't even remember before the age of five or seven or three yet we're just repeating those experiences. I think that it's Joe Dispenza that he says, an emotion is just residual energy from the past. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not, don't quote me exactly, or I'm not quoting him exactly, but this is how he describes it. It's just energy from the past that we're actually carrying with us. And a lot of it doesn't serve us right here, right now. And it doesn't serve us moving forward to where we are going or where we are meant to be. And we don't even realize where that is until we say yes to an adventure or say yes to coaching or have the ability to open up to people. Because I know that in my own coaching experiences and my own blocks in the past of opening up, that it really gets intimate, like really quickly, I feel like, in the sense of, well, why are you feeling that? And through my own experience of living with around this bubble or this wall that I have built up, and I think that we all build up walls that we're not even aware of, wouldn't you agree? And that once we really identify that we have a wall or that we have things that are limiting us, we must put ourselves in experiences and intimate 
um, conversations, even like you're saying, to open up and break break down that wall. And for me, that's an adventure within itself. And I think that's the whole life's journey in the sense of we're humans, but we're having a soul experience. And if we realize our soul only has one job, we I feel like we all live in this idea that we have a million jobs because there are so many different roles that we play in our human human experience. You know, like um, mother, wife for myself, like sister, daughter, coach, speaker, writer, you know, sommelier, whatever it is. It's like, no, those are just labels to put us in a category, but really we just have one, one job here. And if we can identify that one job, which is breaking down the wall and finding out what it was before we picked up everyone else's beliefs and thoughts and experiences and actually just pursue our own experience and our own job in this journey, then we will have fulfilled why our soul came here. And this is just my belief. And my belief has led through my meditation and my own mentor as Stephen, Master Stephen Coe. I don't know if you follow him, but he's really helped me. If any of your listeners, he's really helped me on actually my spiritual journey be, and practice because we are all here like doing practices such as our profession or we practice, you know, our exercise, but we really must practice this thing called, you know, our spiritual journey. And through adventure, I feel like that does bring up more and us more closer and closer to our soul's journey. Mm. What you said about the labels, mother, daughter, sommelier, engineer, whatever it is, um, when you go on an adventure, all of those labels come off. All of those layers and we get stripped back down to our pure essence because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're an engineer or a wine expert or a coach or a speaker or a mother or a daughter or whatever. Um, all that's left is, is, is me in my, in my pure essence. I love that. It's so true. It's that our identity really, I believe, drives all human behavior. And we get so stuck up on that one identity or that one label. And it can really destroy a life, I feel like, especially when you see, you know, I think we were all, at least you and um, myself, born in the 20th century, right? And we were brought up with this idea, go to school, go to college, get a career, and you stay in that career. And now that's not the way it is. No, because we realize that's not really going to please us the most because our passions evolve. We evolve as humans. So we can't just stick in that one role. And so through really uncovering that and for, for me, it's really identifying where your strengths, where your weaknesses, and 
yes, we want to work on our weaknesses, but just focusing on those strengths and realizing that our strengths are something that was covered up from even before one years old, because we were told, you know, you're good at this or you're good at that. And then we just fight so hard throughout our life to be consistent with who someone else told us to be. But when we can unravel and unpeel all of that through being challenged in different ways, through adventure, through coaching, through letting go, I think letting go is the biggest part, let go of that role. And I think I was going to the point of that people that are in a career their whole lives, when they lose that career, and this is happening more and more, this is so relevant to right here, right now, and that's really what I wanna speak to, is that so many people are losing their jobs. So many people that I believe are over 40 are age um, discriminated against in the sense of experiences no longer and expertise in a profession are no longer honored. So those that are from the 20th century 20th century must look deep into who is that essence, right? And where is that essence going to have the most impact in your human experience right now? Because if you honor that now, your next soul, your next human experience, if you believe in that, is going to be that much more evolved. And it's going to help raise the global conscious awareness and help, you know, us as humanity evolve. So true. And when we start getting down to the level of essence, that's when we're having a really powerful conversation. And, you know, what you said about we go out to buy experiences is so true, right? Like, there's different layers. First, we try and get things in status, and then we realize that doesn't work. So we devote ourselves to experience, but there's an emptiness there as well. That, you know, eventually you have enough experiences that you sense the emptiness of that as well. And then, and then we start realizing, oh, there's feelings that I want to feel. That's why I'm going after these experiences. And along with that are needs, unmet needs, right? That we're trying to fulfill through these experiences and these things. And often those unmet needs, they're just our core desire for love, mm. right? And as kids, we, we don't realize that we can't get love 24 seven, exactly the way we want, exactly when we want it. And so we have this immature understanding of love that like, I'm going to try and control my environment, the terrible twos, so that I can get the love that I think I, I need. And, and then we, uh, we evolve that morphs that fails. And we were like, oh my God, like I'm going to be perfect so that I can get the control that I think I need in order to experience love. And we really have to shift out of that. And it's such a deep, like this is something that I'm exploring right now. And I'm in very much in the midst of this conversation. So we, we feel 
like that, that is so deep in us that it is unconscious. And that's where we walk through life what, with holding a flower going, he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. We're constantly scanning our environment for proof that either people love us or don't love us. And, and that's where the conversation of like, if you love me, you'd do this. If you love me, you wouldn't do that. And we're constantly, constantly putting people in a frame of if you love me or if you don't. And what happens when we just assume that we're loved? What happens when we just go like, I know this person loves me. I know that I'm loved. I know that I am loved. We stop attaching so much significance to those events and, and tapping into that like core desire for love shifts our human experience. And when we begin to give people permission to not love us, to just accept really more than permission, just to accept like, people don't have to like me people have the freedom to choose we try and force people to love us and i know i do it all the time and it doesn't work and and that that really is is getting down to the level of of essence that's the closest i've gotten to it so far of understanding this idea of essence and energy is just that we we're all we're all seeking love Every time someone does something that pisses you off, they're seeking love. You brought up so many deep, deep conversational points in what you just said. Um, that love, I believe in my own definition, love is acceptance. And love, I believe, actually even protecting ourselves from not being loved is our ego, right? At least that's how ego has been defined in so many different ways and ego can go so deep, but I'll stay in the sense of the topic of love is that when we can truly 100% just love from the inside, right? Love ourselves unconditionally and give ourselves that acceptance that we've made mistakes and we still will make mistakes. That's the human experience. That's the human adventure is that we keep making mistakes. And a lot of the time we make the same mistakes over and over and over, right? Because we're stuck in patterns a lot of the time that we don't even realize. But just the sense of learning and extracting the meaning from those mistakes that we make from protecting ourselves from maybe not being loved, but that protection is just the shield from our true essence, like you said, and that when we can uncover the shield or the wall or the need to be right, that desire of love is everywhere. It takes us to oneness, I believe, because I don't know if uh, you've read the book, The Power of the Kabbalah, I just read it, but it really helped me understand this idea of oneness, this idea of light and dark, and that the light is the small amount that we're living. No, the light is like the 99% of the universe. And the 1% of darkness is where we have those unmet needs. We have 
the unmet desires and we have the protection of our ego so that when we can just let go of that and see the true essence, which is all pure energy. And he brings up in that book, um, the power of the Kabbalah, the sense of um, living into the light and the resistance. So I would really like to hear also this idea of resistance. And that's really what adventure is. Like we hear this idea of adventure maybe in life or doing something and it feels like super uncomfortable, right? Um, whether it's sharing how we feel unloved or sharing an unmet desire or jumping out of an airplane, whatever it is, it can be any extreme. This idea of resistance. Now we all feel resistance in our life. What is your perspective of, should we lean into that resistance or is the resistance holding us back from our true essence? I mean, I just am really intrigued by this idea of love resistance. And we all, I think, resist love. Like for me, a little personal experience of, I realized I was pushing away people from my life, most of my adult life, because I was told that stupid thought that people didn't want to be around me. And it's such a silly thought. It wasn't even my thought. Of course, people want to be around me, but I was pushing it away. So I felt resistance when I would, you know, get not just like physically intimate with people, but any type of closeness, any type of, um, I guess, love or acceptance. And it's because I really wasn't loving and accepting myself for that. I was, I was thinking today as I was coming into work about how, because I'm really thinking about this idea of like the layers of unmet needs and what those represent and that they're really just a distorted version of our desire to be loved. So for example, me, I, where I show up in the world is I need to prove my value to everybody, right? And whether it's about how hard I'm climbing or like this breakthrough I had or how spiritual I am or whatever it is, I'm constantly trying to prove my value. And because I'm, I'm exploring this conversation right now, I realized in my internal dialogue, in my head, I'm trying to prove my value to myself. And I don't even know what to do with that right now. Right? It's, it's such a ridiculous thing to realize that inside of my own head, which means that inside of other people's heads, whatever their unmet need is, they're having that conversation with themselves, as well as they're having it externally. But that, I mean, what a beautiful realization. Yeah. Right? Sure, you don't know what to do with it. But as you know, as Kerry is on a, a global mission to raise conscious awareness, your awareness just took a leap. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily, you know, as human, we're human beings, right? And I mean, this gets bandied around so often, we're human beings, not human doings. And we feel so compelled to need to do something with, with information, with insight, with all of this stuff 
um, but actually just the awareness that this is a thing, just sitting with that awareness will create the shift. I agree. I think that that is always that first step towards adventure is that being aware that you actually want to take the adventure, right? Totally. Just me saying yes to being on this podcast or you sharing that you've uncovered this and become aware of it, that opens up Pandora's box to take control and move through it and not only work through it for yourself, but then guide other people towards it. But in the sense of, it reminds me of um, the human needs or at least how Tony Robbins defines the human needs, the six human needs. And when I identified my top human need or my top two human needs, and it sounds like yours was or is significance. And that's how we prove our value is that we want to see that we're significant or what we do is the best or however people seek out significance, right? And for me, my one of my top human needs throughout life was uncertainty. And I think those who have, a, because just to go over the top six human needs is uncertainty, certainty, and we need all of these human needs. I'm not saying we don't need all of them. We all need a sense of uncertainty, certainty, significance, contribution, love and connection, and did I say them all? What's the sixth one? Well, anyhow. Let's work with what we've got. Yes. So for me, uncertainty was a top human need. Like it sounds like yours might be significance or was. And I was seeking out adventure throughout my life to tie this back into adventure through the need to have a lot of uncertainty. So I would do very adventurous things. I think part of it was me moving to a new state, you know, a new city where I knew nobody. Um, one of them was me traveling to Costa Rica and traveling throughout Central America by myself at age 25, 26, 27. And everyone thought I was crazy to do that, to just sell everything and go live there. And this was how I was fulfilling that need for uncertainty. And so when we can just shift and even just choose, because I believe at least in my five-step process to life mastery is the first step is awareness. The second one is living into intention. So what is a new intention or a new intention for the day or a new intention for the year when we can set that intention that maybe it doesn't have to be uncertainty, at least the top human need, maybe it can be significance, right? Maybe it can be contribution where we're building a legacy rather than trying to prove ourselves. It's like, what can I do to actually create a legacy so that my proof can outlive this human experience, right? And that's really what I feel like the life human uh, cycle goes through. We are set out to accomplish things, to gain things, to buy things. And then towards the latter part of our lives, we realize we don't really need this, maybe the big home, the, all the materialistic things. And what's gonna happen after we die? That's really, I feel like where the magic happens. That's where I feel like 
that gives us more value and purpose and significance and seeing how precious this time is, how are we going to build that foundation and use our strengths to outlive our existence here in the human form? Just some food for that. So maybe a question for you or the listeners, you know, if they want to chime in, what is it that you are doing that is going to outlive your existence here on earth? Because when we can take away that need to just do the things for ourselves and do it for greater, the greater good for not just our own uh, future generations in our lineage, but those in humanity is really, I feel like where that magic happens, where we can seek out more adventure, where we can not have, feel that empty desire that our needs aren't met. How can we meet a need for someone that's going to be here a hundred years from now or 500 years from now? What a beautiful thought. I'm always looking ahead. I mean, I didn't add that to my bio, but I definitely am a visionary and I see that both of you are visionaries and how visionaries, you know, must come together. But at the same time, visionaries need that strategy, right? They need that the areas uncovered where maybe they're they're holding themselves back from taking that adventure, from re really living into that full visionary power. Because we have so much power as human beings, we don't even realize it. And when we, and that's our true essence, I believe. It's that power that we can like, that energy that I was speaking to in the beginning, that everything is energy. If we realize that we have so much power it's what are we doing with it right here, right now? For me, I feel like this season of life is really just going out and speaking, even if I don't make sense to an audience, even if I don't make sense to people, I don't really care because it's about living into our own truth. What is it that is your truth? What is the energy that you're spreading? And to just take ownership of, thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and your true essence. And that's the, the soul's journey. So maybe for Tom or Curtis, what is it that you're maybe seeking out or what is the impact or vision that you see for the future or maybe? I feel like that's really the note that we wanna end on with you is what is, what is your vision for the future what you said about you know meeting a need generations ahead that's having a conversation around eldership and eldership the definition of eldership that i love the most is someone who is thinking seven generations ahead and so you've demonstrated in your thinking that by that definition of eldership you're stepping into eldership and what is, you know, we just have a few minutes left. We'd love for you to close on what is your vision for the future? What do you see seven generations from now as a result of the work that you're doing? 
Well, seven generations. I don't know how many hundreds of years that is, but what I feel that I am doing is that, or want to, or seek out to do is really show the importance of us as humans being in tune with our emotions, mm. our feelings. And, you know, we're led there through our thoughts, but to just understand that we are humans because we have um, emotions and feelings and we're here to communicate them because it's scary for me to think about, but we have created technology, right? And we have seen it through, you know, A-L-E-X-A show up in this conversation that everything is run through technology and AI, artificial intelligence, is that emotional intelligence and understanding our emotions and being able to communicate our emotions and having mental emotional awareness is what my work is because we are losing touch of that more and more with every single year as technology and our world is rapidly evolving is that we're losing touch of that we're humans and that we're supposed to we're only humans because of those emotions and without the emotions we're all machines and i think you know maybe some people could agree with me that we're eventually all going to be machines because we've already created those machines we already see that we already see it with the robots we already see it with technology so for me to just help people with this thing, emotional mastery and utilizing the power of our minds and the, our true powerful essence as humans to evolve effortlessly. And that's to just honor that, honor the thoughts, feelings and emotions are energy. And that if we can take control of that, then we're going to continue where we are or continue having the human experience. And if we don't, then we're not. And I think we've seen that through putting a man on the moon, through exploring Mars, you know, we're going other places and we are such a small part of the universe, but take ownership of it, take control of it and just understand more on a physical realm about thoughts, feelings, and emotions and energy, and that we're all empowered to control that. And it's really the only thing that we can control right here, right now and moving forward. I have one parting question for you before we wrap up. Imagine a world where humans were no longer chasing material things, experiences, trying to fulfill unmet needs, but they were just showing up as love. How would that change the planet? We wouldn't have darkness in the planet, I feel like. And if this planet Earth, that's a really deep question, but I feel like darkness is necessary to see the light. And if we just lived in pure love, then we would just be living in pure light. And therefore, maybe we want to be living on this planet because there is pure light somewhere. And for me, 
I believe the sun has always been something that I've looked to as, as godly essence in the sense, because, um, because I believe that it is pure light. So if we were to just all live into love, we would all be living in the light. But at the same time, we can't feel light unless we feel the darkness. So it's a very deep question. I can't just, I feel like answer in one question, but I also believe that that would be pure peace. Peace on earth, peace on this planet. Well, it's been a fascinating conversation with you, Carrie. Thanks for coming on the show. It has been fascinating. I think we went all different directions, which is where we were led to be. And I would just love to hear also um, perspectives from your listeners on any of the topics that we brought up, because I think we could talk about each and every one of those for many, many hours or many, many years to come and that humanity will be. Absolutely. Um, so before we sign off, how I see, I notice you have a book behind you. Is that your book? Yes. Pillars to Positivity is available okay. on Amazon. Um, your follow your listeners could follow me on my Instagram, probably the easiest place. It's at Carrie Faith on purpose, K-E-R-I faith f-a-i-t-h on purpose and i wish all your listeners to live life with purpose on purpose and with intention amazing carrie thank you so much for joining us uh, and thank you everyone for tuning in uh, don't forget to subscribe like us on facebook subscribe on youtube all of that wonderful lovely yummy stuff um, this has been the Adventure Effect Live with Tom and Curtis. We love you all very much and we will see you next week. Thank you.